I've been directly involved in the launch of over a dozen multi-site campuses through the churches I've led, and half of them have been in movie theaters. I'm convinced that every church leader should consider using a theater for your next campus or church plant. They're flexible, culturally relevant locations, typically in the center of the community that you're trying to reach. Regal is the only theater company with a dedicated team of full-time consultants ready to help your church launch and succeed in a movie theater. Check out Regal Theater church.com for more information on locations your church could use. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich. Super glad that you've decided to listen in on uh, today. You know, we, every week we try to have different leaders from churches and from other organizations who we think will really provide great value to you and today is no exception. Super excited to have Tyler Reagan with us from the Catalyst organization. They run Catalyst Conference, One Day uh, events all across the country. A great organization. They've done incredible things. Also his blog, he's a consultant, author, great guy and I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Tyler. It's great to be here, Rich. Thanks for having me. It's like uh, taking me back to my seminary days by just saying unseminary. It makes me a little nervous, so I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> nice. I think I was the official unseminary student of our seminary. No, well, that's good. Well, then you're, you're among friends. That's, uh, you know, that's a great thing. Well, for folks that don't know, kind of tell us the Catalyst story. What is Catalyst? Yeah, sure. So um, about 16 years ago, a guy named John Maxwell, uh, is some, some people have heard of It's amazing how <laughs> I mean, have it these days that we interact with. Um, John decided as he was getting older, so were the people attending his events. And he thought, I want to make sure I always connect and invest in that next generation of leaders. And so uh, he tapped a, a young guy named Andy Stanley on the shoulder and said, hey, why don't we try this thing together? And uh, that time, North Point was only four or five years old, and Andy was known more probably as uh, Charles Stanley's son, mm -hmm. and uh, not necessarily like this leadership guru that a lot of people look at him now. Mm -hmm. um, and so they started him and Reggie Joyner and a guy named Gabe Lyons, and they, they started a once-a-year event for 40 and under, basically, was the program target audience. Uh, for, and I would say then it was really church leaders who were staffs mm -hmm. and those kind of things. And over the years... We've added events. Now we do this year, 2016, we'll do 11 events this year. We do three. Atlanta's still our big once-a-year event. We have about 10,000 leaders join us at the arena here. And then uh, throughout the year, we do six or seven Catalyst One Days with mm. Craig Rochelle and Andy Stanley. Just super practical, four sessions, one day worth of content on time management, leading your family well, mm -hmm. some of the stuff we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. uh, and just what is, And that's where mostly executive teams and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing can come because it's regional. Mm -hmm. And it's it's affordable, uh, but then we do these two, uh, three two day events: uh, California, you know, West Catalyst West in the spring, Catalyst Cincinnati, Catalyst Atlanta, and that's more of the big picture, inspirational unity. What does that look like for us as the church? So, you know, this year we'll have about thirty thousand people at our events, and uh, what a what a, a privilege it is to get to lead leaders. I think it's mm -hmm. one of the great greatest callings. Uh, I know it's the greatest calling of my life, but. Uh, the fact that you know maybe there's thirty thousand people, they represent well over a million people hmm. uh, being impacted by that. So uh, yeah, we just we try to serve leaders who love the church. So now our demographics really adjusted to be about forty, sixty, forty percent marketplace leaders, sixty percent hmm. pastors. Really? Yeah. 
That's really cool. Well, you yeah. obviously have, you know, an insight into, you know, leaders across a wide spectrum, you know, in all different, you know, churches and backgrounds and emerging leaders and leaders that are trying to pass things on to the, you know, next generation. Yeah. You know, what would you say are some of those pressures uh, that, you know, that church leaders face? I would think, you know, you've got to be running off your feet trying to do all that just I mean, it tires me to think of all those events. What would you say some of those pressures that, um, you know, that church leaders are facing, particularly, you know, on a regular basis? Well, and I mean, particularly even right now, mm-hmm. um, this this year being an election year is mm-hmm. is uh, splintering the mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. big time, mm-hmm. and they're uh, you know the pastors are trying to figure that out. They're trying to figure out what to do and reconcile some of these major um, you know hot button issues in the right. in the church and in the culture, um, whether it's racial reconciliation, mm-hmm. gay marriage. Um, you know, the things that are, are dividing us mm-hmm. in so many ways, pastors are trying to figure out the, the balance between the theology and the reality. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think um, that's a really interesting seat for a lot of pastors. And everybody's mm-hmm. looking to somebody to put a stake in the ground and say, this is the answer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Andy Stanley talks all the time about there's this is a tension to manage. It's not necessarily there's a solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's how do we manage this tension? I think it's that. I think the other huge thing that ministry will always have and carry with it is, do I sacrifice my family on the altar mm. of ministry? Am I, am I going to give up my good friendships because God's called me to be a pastor? Mm. Am I, you know, where, where are we unhealthy as leaders? Mm. That is a constant tension. It's got to be for leaders and pastors is, oh, gosh, I know I should be eating healthier. I should be exercising. Well, that's not an option. Mm. Like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't. I don't think God's ever called any of us to sacrifice our health right. or our families to make sure the church has an extra five people there. You know, I mean, I'm, right. I'm making light of it, but you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like there's there's a uh, there's a realness to the health of leaders that dictates the health of their church. Mm, so true. You know, I, we're, we're in a season. I just happen to be in a season in, of ministry where you know I literally was just thinking that this week, where you know I ended up at Smashburger three times this week, and that's delicious. That's, what delicious slash terrible (laughs) yeah um and you know there's just a lot going on i think a lot of church leaders you know they are uh busy running off their feet running from one thing to the next um you know i'd love to hear you know how you've been able to deal with that you know how how either you and your ministry or how you've seen other folks you know deal with all those pressures there's so much to going on how do we stay healthy in the midst uh, of the pressures of ministry yeah, you know, uh, even as a leader leading a team of 25, I'm really passionate that part of my job, I hire them because they're competent, I hire them because they're good at what they do. My job as a leader in this organization is to make sure they stay healthy. Mm. If they stay, if I can help them stay healthy emotionally, physically, spiritually, they're going to kill the job. Mm. I don't have to worry about the job. Uh, I spend more time, Rich, telling people to go home than I do mm. stay late hmm. uh, because I know they're going to get the job done. These are dedicated, hardworking, tireless people. If they're not, they're not going to be here long right, anyway. Right. They're going to stick out. <laughs> and bigger than that, the healthier you are outside of this building, the better you are for me inside this building. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of disagree with leaders sometimes who say, you know, in that single season of life, just work all the time. Like, get after it. Like, this is the chance. And I'm going, no, this is the chance to build the lifelong habits and routines mm, that you're going to do for the rest of your life. If you think that when you get married, all of a sudden you're going to create the right boundaries with your work-life balance, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. What does it look like now to say, you know what, I'm going to leave every day at 4.30 uh, if I can, and I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go um, 
make sure I have plenty of good friend time. Uh, I, the number of times I've met with or seen my friends' dads or pastors I know who are in their 60s and 70s who have no close friends, mm. it break, breaks my heart. Mm because they didn't take the time to cultivate those deep relationships over the years, that's not okay. That's not okay. We're going to have a church full of empty, heartbroken, isolated leaders because they're not spending their time going, I'm going to give the church my best, but part of me giving the church my best is me being at my mm -hmm. best, which mm -hmm. means I've got family and friend relationships that are in a good place. You know, right. um, Rich, I just turned 40 this week. So nice. I, Welcome I, to the 40s. I know. I'm in an interesting season. I've been a little bit nostalgic, you know, thinking back at it because I just cannot believe that I'm at that point. But physical health, you know, it's mm -hmm. one of those things where I go, I've got two boys that are, you know, uh, six and nine, my wife of 15 years, like they need me to be in good shape. Mm -hmm. They and, and my personality is one that if it's just me, I don't care. Like right. I really could care less personally. Right. But as soon as those eyeballs of those little boys and my wife come into my mind, my motivation changes, mm. and it should for all of us. Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think you even add, a, there's another layer on top of that, is what you say on Sunday mm. really should dictate how you live your life. Mm. And if you're up there preaching it all the time about being healthy, and you guys, like, I think the question I would ask most pastors is, what are you telling somebody that comes to you in the same scenario? Right. Well, that's too you know? convicting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, nurses and doctors are the worst patients, right? right it's the same right. thing with us. Right. Like, with, sometimes we're the most unhealthy, and we're telling right. people, like, God's calling you to be healthy. Right. Well, man, we we got to represent that pretty well. So I, I think for me, Rich, it's been a recognition of the importance of it mm -hmm. and understanding that I am best for this organization. God can use me to the best of his ability, like his strength, him working through me, our prayer here at Catalyst is constantly, God, work through us, not in spite of us. Mm, mm -hmm. And so I think it's amazing. People think in spite because of gift set. I think it's in spite because of health. Mm. Interesting. Well, you know, there's a lot of a lot of leaders tell this story, and and it, and maybe it's even at conferences like Catalyst. I've been so many places where it's like this wildly successful, you know, person who God's used doing done massive things. And then they're pleading with the audience, don't do what I did. I sacrificed <laughs> too much when I was young. Like that, literally, if I hear that again from another you know, right. conversation, I'm like, gosh, it's so frustrating because it's like yep. as a young leader looking at that, it's like, I don't know. So then what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? How I want to see God do big things through my ministry. What would you say to a leader today? Maybe just get like super practical. How yep. can you... Um, you know, how can they begin to, you know, set some boundaries and, you know, kind of, you know, create some healthy rhythms in their life um, yeah. th that would really point in the right direction? Yeah. You'll hear me, Rich, talk about Andy Stanley a lot, mainly because I worked at his church for 10 years and mm -hmm. I still go there. So mm -hmm. uh, the, I feel like he's kind of, you know, he's in my brain a <laughs> right, lot, exactly. but it's a good, it's a good person to be in your brain. Yeah. Um, there are two lessons I learned from from him. Uh, he just taught on one of these recently where he talked about the church prevented, uh, the church saved his life. Mm -hmm. And the idea is he's heard that same story, that same sentiment for years and years. Mm -hmm. If only I knew that then. If only I'd heard that then. If only I'd done that then. And his point is that's what the church does is it prevents us mm. from having. And he goes, I did hear it and I did it. It's like my one of my best friends. He, uh, His dad, when he graduated college, his dad said, Hey, I want you to do three things. 
have no car payment, put everything you can in a 401k, and have no credit card debt for the first 10 years of your life. Mm, mm. And he goes, and I was dumb enough to believe that it could be done, and <laughs> I went and, it, and I paid my house off when I was 30. Wow. Amazing. See what I mean? Like yes. there was, a, and I think practically speaking, between recognizing that I can't just listen to this stuff for 20 years, but I need to do something with it. Mm-hmm. But I, the bigger lesson for me was the choosing to cheat conversation, mm-hmm. which is Andy talks about you're going to cheat somewhere because there's literally not enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his suggestion is to cheat work. Now, I know a lot of people, whoa, what does that mean? Whoa. The <laughs> yeah. point is. If you choose to cheat your family over work, that's a bad decision. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a bad decision. If mm-hmm. you choose to cheat, cheat your health over work, that's a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what that means practically is when I came over to Catalyst four years ago, I had a very clear conversation on the front end because my boys were at the time, you know, three and six mm-hmm. or, or, yeah, two and five. And I said to Brad Lominick, who was the director at the time, Hey man, here's here's what it looks like for me to come over. I'm going to be there early. I love getting into work early, and that's mm-hmm. fine. I'll be there for everybody else. But that means I'm leaving at four to four thirty every single day, if possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, you know, stuff happens, and we have yeah. things, right. right? But ninety five percent of the time, I'm gonna leave at four four thirty. And I know mm-hmm. that some people get there at nine thirty, and they'd like to meet after that. I won't be one of those people, and right. I won't be in those meetings, right? Because that gives me two to three hours with my boys and that's just not an option in my family I right. can delegate stuff at work but I cannot delegate mm. stuff at home mm. and so I have to choose that from the beginning and if mm-hmm. that and I, I literally said Brad if that doesn't work for this organization no that's fine right right but for me to come here this is what has to work and he was like great I have no problem with that mm. and mm. and honestly that first year was interesting because a lot of the team was single so they'd come in at nine, nine thirty. I'm here at six thirty or seven, right? Right, right. So I've been here three hours when they show up, and they're like dragging in here, and I'm going, "Let's go, let's go." Come and on, I, you let's know, go. You, exactly. You try to schedule an eight thirty meeting, and you see their face, like, "Oh my god, like, what am I going to do?" <laughs> okay, then that means, guys, we got a six hour window to have our face to face meetings. Right. Other than that, I'll see you tomorrow. Right. right? And um, and and there just had to be some understanding of of what that looked like. Now that schedule it worked better for them. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. But each of us have to recognize that, like, I got to figure out how to cheat appropriately in my family, my or uh, with my job, mm-hmm. to get to the places I need to do. Uh, you know, another thing, and this is super practical for me, Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Sam Chan talks about this. Um, uh, Dan Allender talks about it. All these guys who have who have studied or dealt with burnout mm-hmm. and and those sorts of things. Uh, a boundary that has to happen is we are, every one of us are going to deal with stress we're going to deal with it right we get to choose whether we deal with a healthy or non-healthy oh that's a good that's good that's good mm-hmm. oh, are we are we going to let just whatever it's like a budget i can choose where my money goes or it's just going to go somewhere right stress is just going to tend to go towards negative things overeating mm-hmm. you know drinking too much whatever those different things are that may picking the wrong times and the, or i can choose to relieve stress in the ways that god's wired me that you know, maybe it's walking outside, maybe it's exercise. For me personally, it's golf. Like that's one of those things in my life. And the reason is, to be frank, uh, I literally—it's the only thing I do that I don't. It forces me to think about something else. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I go out on golf course, I'm having to think about golf. Now I'm with my buddies and we're mm-hmm. having fun, but very rarely in a four-hour uh, round will I think about work. Right. It's honestly one of the only breaks that mm-hmm. my brain ever. Mm-hmm. Because when you feed something, you, that weight never goes away. Right. I don't have a job that when I leave at five o'clock, 
I quit thinking about it because I, I put the drawer in and I pick it back up the next morning. <laughs> right, right, right. Industry, you same way. don't do that. The right. weight of leadership is always on your shoulders. So mm-hmm. you got to learn how to delegate some of that weight. This is a whole another subject we could talk about another day, but how do we, how do we manage weight of mm-hmm. leadership? Mm-hmm. But it, nonetheless, you got to figure out healthy ways to relieve stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the point where I've just started making golf uh, a consistent part. And my boys are old enough now, that's all they they want to do so it's kind of a cool oh, family that's thing cool. yeah yeah that's very cool but for me i've always known that's i've got to have some fun in my life or i'm not good to anybody right yeah, yeah and i think that's super important i think you know people you know, leaders need to find those things and they're going to be different for everybody and they may yep. not be you know may not be golf it could be you know whatever i know in my own life i've never been for years i was always like i could never really get to the gym i'm not really a gym guy yeah but then something clicked probably a year and a half two years ago where now, if I don't go to the gym in the morning, it's like, I f- it just life doesn't work well for me. I need that, and a big yeah. part of it, to be honest, is it it's more the mental disconnect from everything else than yeah. the actual working out. The working out's important, but it's the hey, this is a t- this is a time for me just to kind of disconnect, put my headphones on. You know, I listen to a bunch of podcasts that don't have anything to do with what I do in life. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know, it does. It feels like hey, that's an hour, you know, hour and a half of just kind of disconnect time that I need. I need that. Um, you know, for sure. That's good. Yeah. And what what else? What else should we be thinking about? Well, and I just think so many young leaders, as as you know, you call this the unseminary. Uh, mm-hmm. I sat down with a. Um, president of the seminary I went to mm-hmm. a few years ago, and he said, "Tyler, what do we got to be better at?" Mm. Which was a really cool thing for you know a guy who's probably thirty years older than me mm-hmm. to ask mm-hmm. you know me, me that question. And I said, "Yeah, you know, I took thirty courses, and um, zero were on leadership, mm-hmm. zero were on on how to run a business, mm-hmm. zero were on." So, uh, and he said, he said, you know, one of the things that uh, one of the biggest complaints we get, the number one complaint we get from people that hire our graduates is they can exegete and they can mm. communicate, but they can't lead a meeting right. and they don't know how to run a budget. No, it's so true. And, I, and, and so even, I think this is one of those lessons that, man, do we all wish was a part of our, our, our conversations in, in, in seminary, which is, mm. hey guys, listen, girls, taking care of you helps us. Yes. helps the church right. it makes us better mm-hmm. um, understanding that stress is reality that you got to figure out how to relieve it mm-hmm. um, you know I just uh, Craig Rochelle talks he's a, he's a friend of ours and and he he talks I don't know if you've seen Craig lately the number one question we get with Craig is how many push-ups can Craig do? it's crazy and yeah it's crazy <laughs> he he's very open about what happened it became mm-hmm. a spiritual situation for him mm-hmm. where he realized I'm not taking care of what God's given me right and that's not okay with him. That was right. the switch for him. That was right. the thing that went because he's a he's a determined, yes. focused, you know, right. leader of leaders. And he's going, if I can't believe this is a spiritual thing, then I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna do it. Right. But this is a spiritual thing, and so um, and I, I mean I'm saying this. Please hear me. Like I'm not saying this is some. I just I had a lot of fried chicken yesterday. Okay? Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. I, like I, I do. I like. I grew up eating that stuff, and, and like to me, a diet change is a massive undertaking because, mm-hmm. based on what I grew up on. And mm-hmm. I was always able, you know, up until five years ago, it didn't even affect me. I was skinny. Right. <laughs> right. Man, all of a sudden, whoa, you know, What's this thing's happening changing. Here? Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I know for me, this is not just a, a discipline thing. Right. This is very much a spiritual thing that I've got mm-hmm. to, got to lean into. And so I, I can talk about it and, 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 I feel the weight every time I talk about it because I want to make sure that I'm not just saying it and, and not doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I, I don't know. I just think it's an epidemic sometimes in our, our churches, uh, in our ministries, that, that our leaders aren't healthy in the ways they need to be healthy. Well, anything else you want to share before we jump into the lightning round? How is Catalyst helping leaders with these sorts of issues? Are, there, you, know, are, are you injecting this kind of messaging into your programming? Yeah, for sure. I, the one day specifically, I mean, we right. talk time management, family uh, matters. We're talking about how to speak to staff, how to lead staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, we say we exist to unify, equip, and challenge leaders who love the church. Uh, really, our one days, we're working on like a workbook. We're working on some leadership development tools, our app. The content we create is really that equipping piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. The two-day events that we do are really that unifying challenge. We, Because we're not a church and a denomination, we get to kind of sit in the middle a little bit and push. I mean, you've mm-hmm. been to Catalyst. One of the things that represents Catalyst really well is progression. Like, mm-hmm. It's a group of people that's not okay with doing things the way we've always done things. And right. so um, we're going to put people on stage you don't agree with theologically right? because you need to hear what they have to say. Right. They, they're leading something that's incredible, and God's blessing it, even mm-hmm. though you're going, how can you bless that? They do water baptism. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, they all do water baptism. You know what I mean? Like sprinkle or right, you know, right. immersion or they, they do, you know, uh, what they're Anglican. What? How can that be? Yes. Wow, it's amazing. God does amazing things through uh, his church, and it looks very different. And um, so that's, you know, for me, we're trying to year, uh, 365 days a year, encourage leaders who love the church uh, to be leaders worth following, to be the leaders that you. you you're not leading because you're positional leaders. You're leading because people want to follow you. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Super excited to have Tyler Reagan with us today. Uh, he's the executive director at Cat- the Catalyst Conference, the whole Catalyst movement. Uh, you really should plug in and connect with Catalyst. They really are... You know, from my perspective, they are, you know, premium, top shelf, great organization. They run great events. Um, they do great content. Their podcast, their website, everything is just amazing. You need to you need to check them out for sure. They'll be, you know, a help and encouragement to you. Maybe you were plugged into them earlier in your ministry career and you've kind of let them drop off. Hey, plug back in. They uh, they do great stuff. What Speaking of online resources, what's an online resource that you're using this day? Maybe a tool or something like that that's helping you in your uh, your ministry? Man, I uh, I am like the most unstructured human being on the planet. Um, <laughs> so you know, even just tools like Evernote and yeah. uh, and a subscription to Harvard Business Review, where yeah, I definitely. get something in my inbox every day. You know, I tell the team one of my six expectations to be a part of this team is that leaders are learners. If we're and we're leading leaders for crying out loud, if we're not learning, we're right. we got a problem. Right. So we we've got to develop systems. For me, a system is a subscription to Fast Company. Uh, online to where I can go in and select a leadership topic or creative or whatever and I get articles that they aggregate around that content in my inbox every morning whether I read it every day or not you know there's a, a Seth Godin's blog it's quick mm-hmm. it's easy it comes to my inbox mm-hmm. uh, little things little systems I can set up that it keeping me thinking about leadership even if it's five minutes a day right. it's more than if I don't put a system in place so man um, I, I know it's old school but still like subscribing to email lists like yeah. You know, that's uh, good. No, absolutely. It's, it's a great tool to get, get something in front of me every morning. Nice. What's What's another book you've read in I don't know maybe the last six months to a year that's influenced your your ministry or shaping or your ministry or leadership? Sure. Uh, I think probably the most impactful book over the last year was Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. Mm. Um, that book. Uh, right now, I'm reading Banning Liebscher's book called Rooted, talking about 
you know, before God really hands you a lot to carry, he's got to get these roots uh, mm-hmm. found. He's the guy that founded Jesus Culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also reading, but I listen to a lot of stuff on Audible. Yeah. Listen to a lot of books that way. And um, Adam Grant's book, Originals, mm. uh, I've, been, I've been listening to that. So there's a couple that, that come to mind. Cool. Um, you know, a lot of ministries, a lot of people look to you for inspiration. Who are you looking to for inspiration these days? Other ministries that you're looking at saying, wow, I'm, I'm fascinated by what they're doing. Yeah, I. Um, that's a great. You know, I, Hillsong is just easy to follow because right. they're everywhere. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, I'm friends with someone there who's she's the creative director for their global world, and I'm just fascinated by all the things that they pull off mm-hmm. in in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I like to follow. We got some good friends in the UK, Char- Charlotte and Steve Gamble. They run a church there, a pretty big church in, in kind of midder, uh, the the middle of UK, and. Mm-hmm. Just to see how God's using them in a really interesting, different culture is really encouraging to me, something to, to understand. Um, and, uh, you know, I, gosh, there's so many that, no, that are that's, encouraging, fun to see. That's, that's, that's the two that come to mind right now. Well, you covered this already, but we love to finish our episodes, talk about, you know, what do you do for fun? We just kick back. You talked about golf. Is there anything else you like to do just for fun to relax? Yeah, man, I love to... Um, Drink sweet tea. Nice. Um, I just do that in general. I, it's for fun and for whatever. You know, at, at the end of the day, to me, every single like I, I wrote this down the other day. I, if I'm if I'm going towards something, if I'm choosing something to go towards, if there's not an element of fun to it, mm. I don't know that it's a, something I want to be a part of. Even in work, uh, right. we, we really we really value fun. Uh, mm. I tell my team, you got two jobs the week of the event: serve your guts out. And have fun. If you don't do those things, then you're not in the right place. So, um, man, fishing, whatever it is, I don't care. Let's go roller skating. Let's nice. just ha- let's have some fun yeah. because this life is, is quicker than we think it is. Nice. Well, I really appreciate being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with Catalyst, how can they do that? Yeah, I'm just uh, at Tyler Reagan, R-E-A-G-I-N, on all the social media stuff. Uh, but for the most part, Catalyst is just at Catalyst Leader on social media mm-hmm. or uh, CatalystConference.com is where you find out all about our events, all the things going on. You can connect to our app and all that all that jazz through there. So um, pretty easy to find us. Very cool. Well, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Rick. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.